Hi, I'm Sabrina and he's Marcus. And we are two of the founders of the Black Trail Runners. You can find us on Instagram at the Black Trail Runners. We're a community and campaigning group seeking to increase inclusion, participation and representation of black people in trail running. If something resonates with you, please let us know and share online. Also, leave your review on the podcast platform that you selected as it helps our podcast grow. Your support helps to make this podcast possible. Thank you for downloading this episode. Now, let's head to the conversation. The Checkpoint is supported by the North Face, whose fundamental mission remains unchanged since 1966. To provide the best gear for their athletes and the modern-day explorer, support the preservation of the outdoors, and inspire a global movement of exploration. Our guest today is a 30-year-old London-based marketing communications and advertising graduate and social entrepreneur who in 2017 founded a running group to promote community cohesion and physical and mental well-being and to support international charity projects. Four years later, Runderbolts offers weekly 10K runs in and around London, introducing many people to the benefits of running, has raised many thousands of pounds for charities around the world, and has its own line of merchandise. Rudin Boussier, founder of Runderbolts, welcome to The Checkpoint. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Now, Rudin, I know that you and Sunny already know each other, but can you just um, tell all the listeners how, how exactly you know each other? Yeah, it's quite funny, actually, because uh, Sunny is my old lecturer from university. Uh, that oh, was wow. about 10 years ago now. Yeah, is it that long? <laughs> yeah, it's been 10 years. It feels like about a few years ago, but yeah, it's been that long. Um, yeah. What course What, co- what course were you doing, Rudin? I was doing marketing, communications and advertising. And was that at King's? It was at uh, Kingston University, but the campus was in Richmond, Richmond College. Oh, cool. So okay. That was the first year of uni um, that Sunny was my lecturer. Oh, right. And yeah. Sunny was obviously one of the m- most important lecturers in your university career, I can imagine. Oh, of course, so, yeah. <laughs> obviously. So is there, is there anything specific that you can remember that he taught you? And that could be in the classroom or out of the classroom. Um, I remember we had a like a branding task where we had to come up with some sort of um, it was like a project to do with brands uh, there was a there was a branding um, oh, I can't remember now it was a <laughs> what was it we had to come up with a communications plan that was it um, and I remember we did a presentation and that was recorded actually, and I had a really questionable haircut. And <laughs> I remember, I remember, Sunny was there, and yes, Sunny was always very professional. But he had that look about him that you don't want to mess. He still has that. <laughs> That's look. what I remember. Yeah, he still has that look. He still has it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, don't yeah. don't you forget it. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so, uh, so it sounds like you can't remember much that I taught you, which is uh, which is uh, interesting. Well, but... <laughs> I think university you remember more about the nights out, don't you, than the lectures? Ah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, is there anything from your degree, uh, or do you use anything from your degree in what you uh, do now? Yeah, so not necessarily straight from the textbook, but <laughs> if I've if I've learned anything, it's how to you know, build a community, organize events uh, for bringing people together, marketing, branding, um, the, the actual running of the event on the day, all the operations that go behind it. So, yeah, I have actually learned a lot. Um, yeah, but if you ask me the exact things I learned, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it sounds as though you're using some of it, so I think I'm going to take some credit for that, maybe. Yeah, um, you, you, you were one of the better teacher lecturers. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's very kind of you to say so. But let, let's let's talk about you and let's talk about uh, your uh, your baby, your organisation. So tell us about Runderbolts. Uh, what is it? When did so, it start? Uh, Runderbolts, so we started in, it was April 2017. So it started from me having a really random idea to run 100K across Europe. So we decided to run 10K in 10 countries in 10 days. So I gathered, um, I think it was about nine people. And yeah, we, we just came up with the idea. We met a few times to plan it. And we had someone in charge of looking after the um, the routes, planning the routes, someone in charge of the uh, where we were going to stay, the travel. And, yeah, we, we made it happen. We raised money for um, two causes, actually. We split it down the middle, um, Tibetan refugees and also um, the earthquake relief. So that's what kicked off Runderbolts. Before that, I was running but not in any you know crazy capacity. So after that, I just saw how it affected the community. Everyone was kind of sharing what we were doing, um, tagging us and stuff, just so many positive comments. And I saw other people running that I would never see running. Um, so yeah, just built from there, really. Okay, so, so an adventure, but uh, you know, one with a purpose, which sounds great. Um, so, you know, so what makes it different to other running clubs or crews now? So what we do differently is we we have a an atmosphere whereby there's no rules. So you can come and you can run fast, you can run slow, you can even come and not even run. You can just come for a drink with us after or a coffee before. And we don't pressure you like, oh, you need to run, you need to run. Or um, even if you come and have a drink with us or, you know, just come to the after parties for the next six months, that's totally fine. And eventually you might be like, all right, I'm going to run now. And I think there's that gap where pe there, then people that, you know, would never run or say, I could never do a 10K or I could never do a 5K. It's making it so sort of welcoming to them people whereby that's the only way you're going to get them in to make them to make it so kind of easygoing 
Mm. Uh, so that's the main difference. But in terms of our actual events, what we do is we create like a treasure hunt style. So I'll, I'll tell you the kind of way our events unfold. So we'll meet up in a coffee shop. Um, let's say we have about 30, 40 people turn up. Everyone can mix into different um, teams. Then once they've made their teams, they'll make a team name, a team handshake, and then we'll explain the rules to them. And then I'll send them clues through Instagram. So I'll send them their first clue. It might say, you know, go to the Shard, take a selfie, or go and find this padlock on London Bridge. Um, so we just take them all around a 10K route. So they don't even feel like they're running. They're just having a laugh, working together together. Um, you know, mixing with people that they wouldn't normally mix with. Yeah. And then towards the end, um, they will, they'll get a clue to find the, the invitation to the after party. Cause we like our after parties. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And then after party will award the winners. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just carry on mingling and it, it sparks so many new relationships and collaborations. Um, and, one other difference is the teams, you don't win by getting there first. You win by picking up points. So the defining factor is normally something really funny, like someone has um, found an extra diamond on the floor or someone's drawn a better picture because we give people props. Right. So we'll give a little bag of props to each team. So we'll give them mini canvases. Um, we'll give them a small trophy to award their best team member in a certain area in London. So yeah, that's how it works. Wow. It sounds, sounds pretty involved. That's, I mean, that's really creative, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's more than just a run. And I, I, I love the idea of uh, the fact that people don't have to feel pressured to, to run when they, when they join up, uh, you know, as you, as you kind of said, that running can be quite intimidating uh, for people and yeah. uh you know when you're when you're beginning uh, so you know the idea that you can just uh, come along and just talk to people and meet people and get on uh you know that's a really good way to uh you know make it less scary uh and uh sort of you know welcome people in make it much more inclusive yeah Rudin, so tell us a little bit about how you started running and, and what your running history is. You mentioned that um, with Runderbolts, you were going for this 100K across Europe, um, and that seems like quite a big endeavour. So, yeah, it would be great to just get get more of an idea of how that came to be. Yeah, so um, I don't run 100 miles like you guys, not yet. Um, so the first sort of uh, running influence I had was just from football, just just to keep fit. Um, mm -hmm. And then I didn't enter my first 10K. It was uh, the Blue Water 10K when I was working for Blue Water. And uh, there was a guy in my office that everyone kept talking about saying, oh, this is the marathon man. He's run loads of marathons. And I was like, I'm going to beat him. Uh, but I didn't know uh, how far 10K was or anything about, you know, racing. So anyway, I, I signed up. And I just ran straight through looking for him the whole time, passing people. Um, they were like, oh, hi, how are you? And I was like, where's this guy? And then got right to the finish line, just before the finish line, and I, I see him there, and I pass him. 
So, um, yeah, that was my first sort of um, racing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, I moved on to some half marathons. So I did the North London half. I did Paris half. And then in 2015, there was the Nepal earthquake. So I wanted to raise some money for that. So what I did was I organized with a few friends to run from Westfield Stratford to Westfield White City. So yeah, we raised some funds for that. That was just under half marathon again. Okay. Yeah. Then after that, I did the London marathon. Um, I wasn't really prepared for that. Like (laughs) not many people, um, you know, how to, how to say it, uh, make the mistake did, that I made. <laughs> did it feel like quite a big jump to go from the half to the full? Uh, yeah, it did. It's, it's, it's a long way. Um, <laughs> my knees, my, my knees have always been a bit dodgy. And what I did was I just randomly ran a 14 miles, uh, two weeks before. So I didn't really train properly. Okay. And then, that 14 miles I got injured and then I didn't run for the two weeks and then I just turned up and just ran the whole thing limping. <laughs> so yeah, not very good. How did you feel at the end of it? Oh, amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to do more and um, want to get into ultras and trail running inspired by you guys. That's awesome to hear. Um, I've actually, I signed up to the ultra X 50. Oh wow! What the one in the Peak District? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm 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 signed up for that. So I will see you there, uh, see you there definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I ran that last year, so um, it's a really really nice race, really cool. beautiful country. Yeah. So that will be my first um, distance further than a marathon. I would I would recommend doing more than a single fourteen mile run as your training. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need to start now. <laughs> what t- what time of year is the is the fifty minor? September, 50K? isn't it? Sorry, uh, yeah, September. Uh, yeah, sometime in September. Okay, so you've got time, Rudin. You've got plenty. You've got plenty of time. Thank you. That's reassuring. <laughs> um, it's funny actually because um, running that London marathon um, and being so what's the word unprepared, um, mm-hmm. and now. I am um, I'm on the advisory board, uh, the inclusion advisory board for the London Marathon. I think oh, wow. one of your co-founders, Marcus Brown, mm-hmm. he's on it as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did how did that come about? Uh, so, um, London Marathon events team they've they've helped Runderbots a lot in the past year because um, they also organised the Vitality 10K, Vitality Big Half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've given Runderbolts discounted places. They've they've come to our events. They've they've filmed an event, helped us get onto the BBC. So they've really done a lot to, you know, put organisations like us on the map and support us from the ground uh, grassroots. So, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, so which, which year was it that you ran London? Uh, I think it was 2016. Okay. All right. Um, so, 
so what so i mean you say you want to do uh ultra running uh and and do longer runs uh so you know what what does running mean to you now what you know, when you first started it, it sounds like you you know just was trying to beat some guy in the office so uh, uh you know what is it about now um I, I would say it's my savior to be honest whenever I've had some you know stressful times and I've needed to just get out and get away from it, whether it's a a long run short run um, yeah it's just saved me uh, especially recently with a lot of um anxiety i've been going through mm-hmm. just it's, it's been a it's been a tough journey and also my my dad recently been diagnosed with cancer um so that was very tough for the family and in them sort of situations you need something to help you get through and running and also walking has has got me through that has been my escape um when my Dad, when we first found out that he had cancer, um, I was taking my parents on a 5K walk every day because he needed to get fit ready for his surgery. Um, so I would run in the morning on my own and then I would take them on their, their walk. Uh, so yeah, that's how kind of running has saved me. Um, but also just the ability to move forward together um, positively. Um, you know, it allows you to, to breathe, get fresh air, explore. And also, it helps you to, I think you can find yourself through running. If you if you just get out there and get lost, basically. I, I really feel like if you get lost, you'll find yourself. If you just keep running and take the paths that you won't normally take or I'm not telling people to go out and go into dangerous places or trespass, but <laughs> what I'm saying is if you if you go down, let's say, a trail and then you see there's like a, a horizon that is not necessarily on your route, just go and explore it because you might find something there that is just going to inspire you for the rest of your life. You might find something on the floor. You might have a scenic um place that no one's ever seen you know so i really think that is amazing that's i like that a lot that's uh that idea that you can uh find yourself by getting lost uh that's a really powerful idea and maybe particularly uh when we think about trail running i mean i guess you know you can get lost on the on the roads but you know you can definitely get lost on the trails yeah uh, and I think a lot of people do kind of find themselves in that way. Yeah, I think that's a really, yeah. really powerful way of um, thinking about it. I mean, on our weekly runs through London, we never have a set route. Whoever turns up, let's say we have a new person and they want to lead, we just we just go wherever the wind takes us. They can they can tell us where to go. They might have a a bar they want to go to afterwards or. Um, a bridge that they like and we just we just go with the flow but if it's me running um if people are following me that night we can end up anywhere (laughs) (laughs) i really i really don't follow any route at all (laughs) i like that i like i like that a lot and just kind of riffing off that point first of all i'm so sorry to hear about your dad um that's okay 
I hope it makes a full recovery. Thank you. Um, but kind of going forward on 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 what running means to you, what what do you think running's taught you? What has it taught me? Um, I would say resilience, um, perseverance, just to keep going uh, when things get tough. You know, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to mm-hmm. be things that come up in life that you just don't know how to deal with but somehow you have to find a way through and it's the same when you're you know when you're running you might get a let's say an awkward hill that's going to be tough to get over or you might Mm -hmm. injure yourself but despite that you have to keep going and that's on an individual basis but also if you're running with with people it shows how if you can work together, if let's say someone else has something to cure your injury or someone else knows the route or has a map or has the uh, spare bit of battery battery to navigate you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say, yeah, resilience, perseverance, just keep going through tough times, uh, helping each other to get through. Also, as I said, just explore get lost yeah basically and that's how you're going to find yourself and find some purpose that's really yeah that's really powerful i think sounds Um, like you've learned quite a lot yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it it sounds like the community aspect is really important um to you um obviously you've set runderbolts up as very much a social enterprise so with that in mind kind of how how important is it to you to give back to the community it's very important i mean the community is is everything we do. Um, just to provide that unique connection and positivity within the community, um, and just inspire inspire everyone to to get moving. It's mm-hmm. it's not like you know we're an organisation that operate in a certain way, and then we decide oh we need to give back to the community. Everything we do is community. Um, you know we create projects to raise awareness for things we we raise funds for things that we're passionate about or we feel needs to be changed in the world um yeah we just want to make the world a better place that's at the heart of everything we do um i mean there's a quote that's like when i is replaced by we even illness becomes wellness so (laughs) i believe you know that is powerful and everyone should just kind of get together and make the world a better place. That's, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good sentiment. Yeah. you. I mean, the, I love the idea that, you know, everything we do is community. That's a really good way of, uh, of kind of summing that up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've supported a number of causes. What, what sort of, what, what sort of causes have you supported? Uh, since those early days um so as i said the westfield to westfield run we supported the earthquake relief um in nepal um the 100k yeah that was to help with tibetan refugees and also again the earthquake relief we did um a project called the paris millathon uh which we created through sports relief so there was an app and what we did was we aimed to walk or run 10 million steps collectively as a community 
over, I think it was a few weeks, and we had people from all over the world um, contributing to these 10 million steps. And I I went over to Paris to um, kind of finalize that with a solo half marathon along the River Seine. Um, so, yeah, that was quite cool. Wow. Um, we've done a few other things also. I'm not sure if you're aware of a guy called Nims, Nirmal Purja. No, I'm so not, he, at least. So he's the guy that uh, broke the re- world record in climbing the highest peaks in the world. So his project was called Project Possible. And what he did was he climbed all of the 14 highest peaks in the world uh, in just six months. And the world record before that was almost eight years. Oh, wow. So <laughs> we created a Runderbolt Challenge, but it was themed towards Project Possible. So that project was sponsored by um, Bremont Watches in Mayfair. So mm-hmm. we teamed up with uh, that store as well, and they allowed us to put one of the clues in the store. <laughs> so, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so a lot of these things we've we've used kind of creativity to theme our runs so that we can either teach people something or just raise awareness for something. Yeah, um, so that was kind of pre-lockdown. But then yeah. in lockdown, we were also quite active, uh, not meeting up together, but we did something called the Blinkathon. Um, so there was there's a charity in Nepal um, run by a, an American lady called Maggie Doyne, and that charity is called Blink Now, and we supported that charity. Um, and the way we did that was we encouraged everyone in the community to send like a creative message, not just through running, but through whatever their skill is. So we had people contributing singing, um, piano, drawing pictures, running, cooking, literally anything. And they'll put it up and then they'll write like a caption. Um, you can, you can have a look. We have the Instagram still there. Um, not many followers, but we've got a lot of content of positivity that people have shared. So mm-hmm. that was quite good. Uh, yeah, the list goes on. <laughs> we've we've yeah, got a lot. Some really good stuff there. I love, yeah. Yeah, I love the idea of a lot of a lot of sweaty runners going into a fancy Mayfair shop to go and look for a clue. <laughs> so the the store was closed actually, but what we did was we put it in in place of where the watch was meant to be. Okay. Hey, that's <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, in the window. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice um yeah i think i mean some great some great events there i think um i can i can see a i can see a black trail runners and uh runderbolts collaboration coming oh, definitely I'll, <laughs> I'll plan a crazy one on the trails <laughs> get everyone lost <laughs> <laughs> love it so as part of runderbolts um you've really had a focus on diversity from yeah. the start so could you just Talk to us a little bit about why that's important to you. I think it's important to get different perspectives and different skills and creativity that, you know, the diverse range of people have and what we can learn from it, what we can learn from each other to push forward. Um, I mean, people can learn to accept each other and work together collaboratively. I think that's really important. And also, when there's issues affecting a certain group of people, 
it it's not um, their specific problem on their own. It, mm-hmm. We can make it all our own problem, if you know what I mean. So, for example, um, the whole Black Lives Matter, the the racism thing, it's not just black people's problem. It's everyone's problem. It's a world problem. So we can all help each other. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we, you know, in strange way, the, the sort of year that we've had uh, you know, recently has, has really, you know, emphasized that, that, uh, you know, you can't do stuff on your own. You know, we've got to work together to fix things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Obviously, as as black trail runners, uh, you know we we set ourselves up to uh, increase uh, inclusion and participation and representation of black people in trail running. Um, so, you know, is there any advice that you would give us uh, to? Because it sounds like you've got some you know some great ideas and you know, very wise wise things to say. So, what would you? How would you advise us to help us work towards that goal? Um, I would say. Like you said, collaborate. Uh, so, well, you can collaborate with Runderbots, of course. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but not just us. A lot of other, um, not necessarily similar groups, but a range of groups just to to enable people to see the work that you're doing and to to relate and to, to help out. So collaboration is key. Also, I think there could be like a, a stepping stone for people that are maybe a bit scared of the, the long distances or the the scary trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, yeah, if it's like a, like a workshop. I think you do do some workshops, don't you? We have done, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. with lockdown, that's been hard. But as soon as uh, we're allowed back out, we will be doing some more of those, yeah. So I'd say if, if you found a way to make it, specifically for people who you know you don't think are gonna be signing up to trail running you know Mm. find a way to get to those people to make it seem very um easy easy going and then once you've got them in that um that place then that's when you can kind of step up the gears um another thing is to showcase your cultures or the the varied cultures, whether it's through through the music, the food, just really let let out who you are and just celebrate the diversity within the community, and just be unapologetic of who you are and just you know share all the amazing stories and people that you have in your community. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there for now. That's some, that, that's some great advice. I especially love the sharing of the food. Yeah, yeah I. I <laughs> I, I focus on the food as well there as well. <laughs> um, so we always ask our, our guests um, some uh, questions about uh, their sort of own uh, sort of personal uh, habits and things. So I'm just wondering, if, if, do you have uh, one non-negotiable thing that you do each day uh, either a habit or a superstition or something well currently i wake up at four thirty-two every day oh wow <laughs> yeah um and i listen to the birds sing wow that's how my morning starts so i've, I've developed a new morning routine 
432. Okay, so why, I have to ask, why 432? Why not 430 or 435? This, this might sound a bit sad, but it's 432 to remind myself that I'm the one. <laughs> That's I, great. I, I want to be the one to make the difference. I feel like I have to be the one to you know, change perspectives and be there for people and make a difference. So if you start your morning ahead of the game and remember that, then, yeah, it's going to go well. I like that. I, I think you've just, like, convinced a lot of people to get up a lot earlier in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, could we make it a different sequence? Could it be like... Seven or one, maybe. Go for it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you can figure out somewhere to still make it end with a one. Uh, no, that's that's really great. I like. I, I. What made you come up with that? I mean, is that how do you, um, just, how do you just, arrive at that? I was just in a very very desperate um, desperate place, um, struggling with anxiety recently. I was just numb. I was going to bed late, not even doing anything productive, just staring at the wall, um, you know, just feeling like suffocated, feeling like I'm constantly having a heart attack. And I've been to the doctors recently a lot, um, had x-rays, MRI scans, blood tests, everything, just to eliminate all the physical symptoms and mm. just mm -hmm. trying to find my own ways to come up with it. And, I'm trying to not just hide into a corner and really attack it because it's it's a dangerous thing just hiding into a corner. You have to like tell people about it. You have to address it basically. And this is my way of addressing it, just waking up early and attacking it because it, it might sound all nice getting up early, but for me it's, it's, it's survival. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 amazing. I think um, you're really brave to talk about it as well, and um, yeah, it kind it sort of plays into what we were talking about offline earlier. It's um, it's mental health is 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 huge, and it's just as important as physical health. And I think the more that we normalise having these kinds of conversations, and people like you being so open and honest, I think that the the, the better we're all going to be for it. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. And I hope thank things you. are getting a bit better for you. I think you probably know more than uh, a lot of people how I feel. It's funny because I, I had a conversation with someone the other day. Um, it's a, a couple in Runderbots and they called me. And normally I'm the life of the party. You know, I'm out there, I'm everywhere, I'm at every event. And I'm always making jokes. But behind the scenes, people don't see the real person. And I'm sure mm. it's the same with a lot of people. You know, everyone has their mm -hmm. problems a lot worse than I have. But um, anyway, so she she called me and uh, just within a few minutes of talking to me and not seeing me as how they normally see me at the events and stuff, she just burst into tears. And she was wow. like, whoa, <laughs> like, I, I can't believe I'm seeing you like this. Like, I feel so bad. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just mm. numb. But... Yeah, so it's things like that just made me think I really need to, you know, jump out of this and make a change. Yeah, it's really, it's as Rachel said, it's really important to talk about these things, and I think, um, you know, it does it does a few things. A, you know, it it kind of helps you uh, work your work your own way through it, mm -hmm. uh, but also 
actually it's quite uh you know i've i've had experience with with uh anxiety and depression and when uh and it and it's difficult to talk about it and it yes. you know it takes a lot of it, you know it's a big leap uh to to feel that you can do that yeah uh, and what i found was that you know you'd be very scared about how people were going to receive it and how they would think about you and how mm -hmm. that would change their opinion of you yeah um but what i found was that people's response was you know almost universally supportive yeah. and and also that it caused other people to talk about their difficulties you know which they had uh you know been feeling the same way about and hiding uh in the same way you know, it kind of gave them permission to do that uh and it, you know you're right you don't know what's going on in in other people you know in private so you know it's it's really important to 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 share that and and make it more normal because it is normal it's you know it, it happens to people yeah. uh and i think the fact that you know someone like you who you know, it's clearly full of energy, full of ideas, uh, you know, full of creativity uh, and can still go through those periods and still feel like that. I think, you know, also helps people realize that, you know, it's not something that has to define you, uh, and, you know, and just be you, that it can be a part of you uh, and it doesn't stop you, you know, being, uh, you know, happy at other times and successful and productive uh, at other times. But, you know, you have to recognize it for, for what it is uh, when it's there and acknowledge it. And as you say, kind of deal with it. And, yeah. uh, and everyone has to deal with it in different ways. And, you know, if for you, that means getting up at 4.32, then good <laughs> on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also in terms of telling people, um, I think there has to be a lot of understanding about who you speak to. Um, not everyone is going to react the same. And you might think the people that are, you know, directly your friends or people that you've known for a long time would sort of understand. But some people just don't understand, and that's fine. They won't understand your specific uh issues or they might not think it's as serious as it is and even though you know it is good to have support but you might you might feel more comfortable talking to someone that you haven't really known long at all like a few months and they might know you on that deeper level so it's not just oh they're meant to be there for me and they don't understand you have to be understanding to everyone you know yeah and and sometimes it you know it's a good idea to talk to a professional uh, yeah. see a therapist uh, yeah. if you can do that uh you know that's there's a lot of value in that definitely uh so you know really appreciate you sharing that with us and uh, uh and you know i think the it emphasizes how uh you know lots of us are affected by uh, those issues uh, and the sort of cliche about you know running being good for for mental health is you know it's it's more than a cliche it's it's you know it's actually really important and yeah. i mean you described it earlier on in the conversation as being your savior uh you know and that's Definitely. quite a strong word but you know given what you said you know i can see why you why you use that word 
so you know, glad that it's 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 doing that for you, uh, and hoping yeah. it carries on doing that. So, so in that vein, what what's next for for Runderbolts? What what's on the horizon when we get out of this lockdown? Oh, we we have got a lot more to do, uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of work to do, more collaborations, uh, more international projects, um, more Runderbolt events. Like I mentioned, we can't wait to get back to them um, in different areas. I mean, we have done events outside of London, um, Kingston, Swindon, um, other places as well. Even you know, like I said, projects in Paris, and we want to take it further into other countries um but yeah uh also get into corporate events as well so you know like team building i think that would be a great mix to get people that are stuck at the desk all all the time um use that runderbolt method of the the clues i mm. think that would be good and we could also theme it to what the company is trying to achieve whether it's just to you know get a bit of um, cohesion within uh, different areas of the company, different departments, or whether they're trying to promote a product. So I'm trying to look into that as well. It's a great idea. Yep. Awesome. So for all the people listening, how can they get involved with Runderbolts and where can they follow you online? Uh, They can just hit us up on the Instagram. Runderbolts or me, Rune Boutier. Instagram, yeah, we're all all over. Awesome. Yep. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely put uh, put that on the the show notes uh, and encourage people to uh, uh, follow you uh, and get involved. And I think uh, you know, I certainly would love to go on one of these uh, uh, events. Uh, I love a treasure hunt. Um, although uh, I've got a feeling that I'm going to increase the age profile somewhat if i do that but uh no bad thing no bad thing we're not all young in the in in (laughs) the uh yeah so it's been a real real pleasure to uh talk to you really uh, appreciate you taking the time and you know all power to 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 you and to the organization that you've set up it's a, a really great thing to have done uh and you know it sounds like it's something that's gonna uh, carry on and keep growing uh and keep doing good things and you know as you uh, the phrase that you use you know making the world a better place uh there can't be much more of a uh a more worthy uh goal than that i don't think yeah well 100%. thank you for having me and i look forward to um running on the trails with you and collaborating yeah definitely definitely thank you so much Rudin and thanks for sharing thank you so Rachel that was a really great conversation with Rudin yeah really powerful really powerful and just what a nice guy that's that I, I came away from that thinking wow amazing yeah a really nice guy I mean when when he was a student of mine, um, he was one of those students who you think, you know, is smart, who, you know, is conscientious uh, and, you know, everybody likes them. He's clearly a nice person, uh, got his, you know, head screwed on and his heart in the right place. But, you know, he's now, you know, he's that and more so, uh, you know, really wise, uh, you know, really switched on. 
and so creative as well. Uh, I love some of the ideas that uh, they've got uh, going on with Runderbolts. Yeah, the treasure hunt idea is great. And I'm, I'm just quite excited when he was talking about some a collab with um, Black Trail Runners and maybe doing some sort of treasure hunt on the trails. I think that could be great. Yeah, it could be fantastic. Uh, but just, you know, his whole kind of approach to life and, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, you just take things as they come and, uh, you know, try and get yourself lost in order to find yourself. Uh, the idea that, you know, every everything that they do is about community. Uh, and really, I thought quite interesting on how to get people into the sport as well. Uh, you know, a very different kind of sense to how, you know, I kind of perceive lots of running clubs, uh, you know, even, you know, I'll, I'll say even ourselves at Black Trail Runners, uh, you know, we try and be uh, inclusive and inviting. Uh, but, you know, I think there is still uh, an element of, uh, you know, intimidation really for people who are new to running. Uh, yeah. And that's something that I thought we had really good things to say about. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think, you know, running clubs are often I, uh, that that sort of place where you rock up and you feel like if you haven't ever run a mile, then what are you doing there? And you're going to be completely out of place and everyone's going to be much faster than you and much fitter than you, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I really liked what he said about just getting people along to come for a coffee and, you know, meet everyone and have a drink, that it's more about the community. And then from there, they they get sucked in to the running but um, yeah because that, because that's yeah. it once once you do get to know people you do get sucked in uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so um and then and then and then it escalates it yeah well well exactly you know before you know it you're you're running ultras uh and it was interesting that you know i did you hear when he said he hadn't run an ultra he said he hasn't won run yet so <laughs> uh I'm excited about that. Well, he's doing the Ultra X, isn't he? That um, are you doing it well, this year yeah, as well? Is, yeah. I know you did it last year. I, I, I am, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, although I think it's, uh, it's, I think it's the same weekend as the London Revolution. So, um, but I am booked on to do it at the moment. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, lots going on that weekend for you. Yeah, <laughs> going to watch his career with interest. And yeah, we definitely need to get a collaboration going with those guys uh, when we can get out on the trails. That'd be a really great thing to do. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, I would just reiterate what I said as well in the in the main part of the podcast, which is I just think he is very, very brave for being so open about his mental health and talking about anxiety and kind of normalizing that conversation, especially as he was saying, you know, he's someone who's clearly, he's very, you know, he's very gregarious. He's very, he's very kind of bubbly and he's definitely a people person. Um, and I think a lot of people who are listening would probably think, he, you know, he sounds really confident. He, he, do, he doesn't sound, in inverted commas, like someone, I'm doing the bunny ears, but you can't tell because this is audio. Um, <laughs> he, doesn't sound, he doesn't sound like someone who has, you know, anxiety or depression. So I think it's really helpful as well to, to hear from someone like him that you know it isn't just about what you see on the surface or what you what you what you might hear it there's a lot going on and you know you don't necessarily know what's going on in in people's lives if you don't ask them so i think i think that's a good lesson for all of us yeah absolutely right and i think that's a great great way to 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 finish this segment so thank you thank you to rudin uh and uh Please, everybody, uh, do follow uh, Rudin Boutier and uh, Runderbolts uh, and 
when we get out of lockdown let's get out on those trails and roads and let's get back into that running community So, Sonny, we've got letters K and L for the A to Z today. I know we are doubling up because we are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something like yeah, that. Let's, let's there just aren't many things that. that start with the letter K or L. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. We've got a few. We've got a few different things to cover. So, um, the first topic we were going to touch on is kinesiology tape. And I'm really glad that I managed to say that properly and not. <laughs> I assume you did. I, you could have said anything and it would have worked. It's fine. <laughs> Common, commonly known as K-Tape. Yeah. Um, Rock Tape is one of the big um, brands that you've probably seen. It's usually quite colourful. You'll definitely see some K-Tape on, on legs on an ultra start line. Yeah. Um, so what is it? So it's basically uh, sticky backed fabric. Um, and it is hopefully applied by a physiotherapist um, because there are specific ways to apply it. Um, it has a few supposed benefits. Why do I say supposed? Um, I hear nobody ask. <laughs> um, because it's all quite anecdotal evidence in terms of this isn't like hard. There's not like hard and fast scientific research about the fact that K-tape actually does work. I've used it and I feel that it's helpful. Sunny, I think you said that you've used it. Yeah, I used it for the first time this year. So, Oh, okay. Exciting, exciting times. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have to admit, I applied it myself. Uh, I used Dr. YouTube to uh, find out how to do that. Yeah, this is the beauty of YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I know people who have found it very helpful and others who don't see it as, as, as much of a benefit. But... Um, it's used for a variety of things. It can be used in injury recovery. Um, so it can help reduce swelling around a joint. It can also help to just support a muscle or support or support a joint as well. Um, yeah, there's a theory about the, the the tape actually kind of separating the skin a little bit and just giving you your kind of your lymph, lymphatic system a bit a bit more space to circulate around the joint and reduce inflammation. Um, and some people use it um, as a performance enhancer, not not like not like the Lance Armstrong kind of performance <laughs> enhancer, um, but um, as a way of almost like engaging or activating a muscle. So some you you might find some people um, will like tape a hamstring or tape a glute um, if they know that that's a weak area for them, and it's sort of a way of um, activating that muscle before before you start a race. So myriad of uses um as i say i personally have found it quite helpful me too uh, when i've had it, when i've had an injury and especially yeah especially around a joint it just gives you a little bit extra support um because what i didn't realize yeah. before before i used it myself because I, I used to see people with tons of it on their legs and i'm thinking you know you look like you should be sitting down not you know, you know that tape's not going to keep your leg in place um but once i actually used it myself just on a on a kind of calf strain um I realized that it's actually stretchy, right? So so mm -hmm. part of how you apply it is how you stretch it. So once it's stretched to its kind of limit, then it then it provides extra support. So it's basically stopping your muscle expanding because it can't go past that stretch of the tape. So uh, 
yeah, I, it actually worked pretty well for for me for that sort of limited uh, application. So I think it's I think it's worth looking into. I you know I wouldn't want to put a whole roll of it on my leg as I see some no. people do. You do see some people that look like they're mummies. They're just they're yeah. just they're just been, like literally taped themselves in Kato. But, but I've but I've I've seen that uh, later this year uh, for the Highland Ultra that I'm doing it. K tape's actually on the mandatory kit list. Uh, oh, so yeah, so it's a it's because it's a multi day ultra. I think they're just saying you know you need something to be able to uh, strap yourself up if you you know pull something uh, on day one. So um, somebody thinks it's good, and I. I yeah, I kind of think it's good. I, I I used to think it was ridiculous, but now I think it's actually quite a good thing. Well, speaking of kit, in a seamless segue, mm. that is the that is the next K. <laughs> it is, and um, and it wasn't kit in general. It was what kit do does no one tell you that you probably should have in your pack on a long run so i think you know they specify kind of 50 to 100k so stuff that might take you all day to do uh and uh i think it's a really good question because people do see the mandatory kit list for these long runs and and they are generally the basic minimum because you know people are worried about weight and uh i think it's only through experience that you learn that I really wish I'd had that with me. Um, uh, or you see other people, uh, you know, in a particular situation, and you think, "Oh, that's a really good idea. That you know, that would have that would help me." Uh, so the things that come into that category for me. So it took me a while before I used to start carrying salt tablets. Uh, I think uh, I use uh, S caps, but other brands are available. I'm not. I'm not. I have no uh, financial interest in that. Um, but uh, what I find for me, I sweat a lot and I think I have quite salty sweat and that is something that varies by runner. Uh, so uh, on any kind of hot day, uh, I know I'm going to lose lots of salt. Uh, and so using uh, these salt tablets is, a, you know, they're really easy. They're small, they're light. Uh, so they're really easy to take with your water. So I use those. Yeah, I would ag- I would agree with you on that, and not that you're a very heavy sweater. I don't know, but uh, as 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 a fellow heavy sweater, um, just as an aside, uh, I was doing a threshold race, race to the king, and I was actually stopped by a medic at one of the aid stations um, who pulled me to one side just to make sure that I knew that I was sweating very heavily, really, and, <laughs> and to make sure I was taking on some kind of isotonic really. so, electrolyte. So that was, that was nice. Sweat, so, you know, sweating very visibly, obviously. <laughs> when you're already feeling really gross and you're like 40k into a race. As you kind of slid goes, into the aid station on your own little sort of film of sweat. Yeah. So gross. <laughs> So gross, but yes, I I I, I too use use salt tabs because yeah yeah, and I've and I've and I've and I've seen people have uh, get cramp on on ultras, uh, and you know, given them salt tablets because you know they weren't carrying them, and it's uh, you know that's the one way, and I've never had cramp on an ultra, so I'm quite pleased with that. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so salt tablets. Um, then on the kind of tech side. Um, I've learned to uh, carry portable charger. Uh, I might not 
carry it, but I would have it in a drop bag on a particularly long run, maybe, uh, because you know it, you definitely want your phone to be fully charged if you can, and you might want to charge your watch if you're going really far, uh, and spare batteries, uh, particularly if you are. So I'm talking about spare batteries for a uh, head torch if you're doing any really long or overnight type stuff. I did a race. Uh, down the Pennine Way uh, and was knew that I was going to be going overnight and I had spare torch, spare batteries um, and it got dark and I was literally in the middle of nowhere. I think I'd just gone past Saddleworth Moor and I'd seen one wild camping person and then no other human beings for hours. And I finally get my torch out of my pack, switch it on, nothing. It's basically switched itself on in my pack, so the battery's dead. Oh no! And then I look in my, um, <laughs> I look in my battery thing, and uh, I did have a set of spare batteries, uh, luckily. Um, and uh, I put those in. I thought I'm not sure these are going to last the whole night, uh, but luckily they did. It was summertime, so the night wasn't very young. But yeah, it, you know, if I hadn't had those with me, my race was over at that point. Uh, yeah. I was, you know, that was dangerous. So, so yeah, spare batteries definitely, uh, and then uh, dry bags as well. So putting stuff in dry bags, uh, and those can either be just a kind of uh, like a plastic bag that you know, like a yeah, sandwich like a, bag, like a sandwich yeah, bag, like a yeah. sandwich bag, or you can get the kind of you know fancy dry bags from outdoor gear places, um, and you know you would put your phone in one of those, but. You also need to put other stuff in there, which you definitely want to be dry if you use it. And it's not just about whether it's going to get wet from rain. It's like, will it get wet from you? Uh, you know, we just mentioned, you know, we're, we're heavy sweaters, right? You know, you know, Rachel, you know, visibly sweating, obviously. So, you know, probably, you know, your pack like mine gets soaked through. Um, and, you know, I had this on the, the Thames path last year where I got to Henley and it was getting cold. And so I'm just, you know, it was halfway and I wanted to you know, get some warmer gear on for the nighttime section. Uh, and I got my beautiful, lovely thermal gloves and mittens out of my pack to put on. And they were soaking wet and freezing cold. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's so no. It's so, so I'm never upsetting. doing that again. So, so now they always go into some kind of dry bag or a plastic bag. Um, then um, uh, toilet paper. We don't really want to talk about this, but. I mean, it's fairly self-evident what it's for, right? <laughs> yeah, you kind of think so. But um, yeah, because you, you just don't know when you might need it. That's the thing. Exactly. And exactly. you're not always, you know, there's not always a handy dock leaf available. Yeah, so carry your own Agreed. is good. Agreed. <laughs> And also, and also, bury it. That's the other yes. thing. Um, Don't just like yes. chuck it. Be be responsible. It's um, yeah. You don't want to encounter somebody else's. So yeah. No, you definitely don't. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. Um, and then not not entirely unrelated to that. Um, I got the uh, idea, or I was got the advice to get uh, Sudocream. Uh, so, you know, if you've got kids or anyone's got kids, you'll know what pseudocream is, kind of aqueous cream type thing. And it normally comes in these vast pots, you know, that last months and months. Uh, but you can get little tiny ones that are about the size of a baby bell uh, and perfect. Just stick it in your pack. And if you get a bit of chafing in, you know, your nether regions, 
pseudocreme can do the trick. It sorts it out. You can apply it without any difficulty. So, um, uh, and I'll admit, I have done that on a race. So um, I can recommend I've, it. I've, yeah, I've, no, I've, no, I've never used pseudocreme for chafing, I have to say. I'm, I'm a fan of squirrels, nut butter. Nut butter? Is that right? I can't. Yeah, I, need yeah, stop yeah. Saying nut, I need to stop saying I need to stop saying nut butter. Um, <laughs> but I find that really good. Um, so, so it's not uh, it's not a, it's not an anti chafing thing. So, so I use Body Glide for to stop oh, okay. kind of chafing. But oh, if, like a but, but if it actually happens, then once uh, you've got chafing, you need to put something on it to soothe it down, and it. that's where the pseudocreme comes. So, because like you use it for babies for like nappy rash. So once they've got nappy rash, this is what you put put on uh so yeah yeah so uh I'll, if you start getting a bit warm my... in the wrong places this is the this is the thing to use i'll be adding that to my kit list <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not used to I'm excited i got something else to put in the pack yeah so our final topic is as this is a running podcast legs and specifically increasing time on said legs um so it's quite a broad topic, this one, um, but fairly fundamental to running, I suppose. Um, I guess I'll start with kind of what is a very generalized bit of advice about increasing mileage or time. Um, usually you'll hear that you should only increase your mileage by about 10% or time on your feet by 10% per week. Um, obviously, that's quite a, it's definitely an average. I mean, it it would feel more scientific if they said like by 7.65%, but 10 is a nice round number and easy to remember. So that's, that seems to be where that thinking comes. Um, I mean, generally speaking, I would just say you don't want to massively jack up your mileage from, from one week to another. So it's all about a nice steady increase. And it's also not um, a week on week increase. So it's not the case that you start week one running 10 miles a week and at week 10, you're running a hundred miles a week. I think that maths is correct, but that's that's not that's not that's, that's not really the, the the idea. The idea is that you you perhaps have three weeks of a build, so you 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 increase very slightly your mileage those first three weeks, and then you have a drop week, which could be the fourth week or it might be the sixth week, depending on what your training program looks like, to give you time to adapt to that increased mileage. Yeah, I've I've used the the ten percent increase thing uh, for a few years, and it, it's it's worked for me uh, because it 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 doesn't feel like a big increase week to week, but uh, you know it's something I learned a long time ago. Uh, I think in a lecture about compound interest was that if you uh, if you increase by ten percent a year, it only takes seven years to double your money. Uh, so effect, you know, so the same applies, right? So uh, in less than two months, you're doubling your weekly mileage just by increasing 10% a year, 10% a week, sorry. So, um, so yeah, so it feels gradual, but actually, it's expanding pretty quickly. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so, and I guess the difference is that it's compound. So you're not saying I'm going to increase by two miles a week, uh, because the 10% gets bigger, you know, every week so um so yeah it it, it kind of works for me and before you know it you're running quite big distances and the other reason that it kind of works for me i think is that it's not just about your your legs it's actually about your life which helpfully also starts with l so um it enables you to fit the runs in 
so, you know, if I say to you, you know, you've got to run an extra three running sessions next week, you'd be like, well, when am I going to do that? I've got this, I've got that. But if you say, well, actually, you've just got to add another 10% to your running next week. Well, you could probably add a bit onto an existing run. Uh, and then in a few weeks time, you might build another run in, you include a run commute, not that anyone commutes anymore. But, you know, it, it it becomes much more easy, easy to manage from an organizational point of view. Uh, that's that's what I found anyway. Uh, so, uh, and that helps you maintain those gains because uh, it's much easier to uh, keep a habit going if you know if it easily fits in with your life. You know, if you have to change lots of other things for something to happen, then it's it's much easier to kind of stop doing it because it's just too complicated. So yeah, so for all those reasons, I think that kind of gradual, that gradual gain is is important. And then sort of in terms of uh, what you're doing on those runs, you know, we've heard this before, but you know, you shouldn't underestimate the value of just slow running uh, because it isn't, you know, your, your long runs shouldn't be, hard runs they should be slow <laughs> uh, because it is about time on your feet uh so uh again you know i do this lots of people you know make these mistakes as well but you know we think oh we have to be pushing it uh because otherwise it's not making a difference but actually a two-hour slow run where you can have a chat and you know feel perfectly comfortable throughout it is probably going to be better for you than trying to push it for an hour and a quarter hour and a half and just do the distance so i know quite a few people who only measure their runs in terms of time they don't measure them in terms of distance uh which is you know which works for them yeah i used to do that but it messed with my ocd so i i prefer i prefer, <laughs> I prefer miles i prefer i prefer knowing what i'm how, what distance i'm doing um, and i would also say in terms of time on feet you know if you are increasing mileage if that's if that's what you want to do and you know it, you don't, it doesn't have to be what you want to do to start off with that doesn't have to be your goal um to increase mileage but if, if that is what you're doing then you know think about things like hiking think about you don't have to be running all those miles you can be run walking you can be you know you can be dog walking you can be hiking hills you know there, there are lots of different ways to increase time on your feet um without kind of um, increasing the impact um and the last thing that i would just say on that on on that point is the 10% rule is, is, is helpful, but it's also quite important to find that point where you're still feeling good during those weeks. So you, you don't have to keep increasing 10% forever and ever and ever and ever and ever until you're running 100 mile weeks. Um, and, you know, be like Camille Heron and Jim Walmsley running these 100 mile weeks as if it's nothing. Um, it's about finding that kind of sweet spot for you where you're feeling good and your body isn't breaking down and you're improving from a fitness perspective um, without kind of killing yourself and, act, and, 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 it, and it being, as you said, manageable within your life. So yeah, it's all about that, that, that kind of balance, I think. Very wise words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pretend that wasn't sarcastic. And oh, it was <laughs> not sarcastic. I wouldn't dream of being sarcastic. <laughs> um, and that is the A to Z K&L. So thanks guys for listening to us. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us at The Checkpoint. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and share online. Also, please remember to leave your review on the podcast platform that you selected, as it really helps our podcast to grow. 
Your support helps make this podcast possible. Remember, if you have any questions, get in touch with us via our Instagram page at Black Trail Runners. Or if you want to join our community, please search Facebook for Black Trail Runners and connect with us.